Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week we go in depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are talking quantum materials and more with Dr. Julia Chan. Dr. Chan is the inaugural holder of the Tim and Sherilyn Finn Family Endowed Chair in Materials Science. She spent 22 years at Louisiana State and the University of Texas at Dallas. She's a Baylor alumnus who returned to her alma mater in 2022 to provide interdisciplinary material science leadership. A recognized expert in quantum materials, she serves as a deputy editor for the renowned journal Science Advances, leading their physical science efforts. It's great to have you here on the program. Great to have you back here at, at Baylor, where you spent your uh, undergrad years and embarked on a great career elsewhere and so much growth here and you're a big part of that and thanks for coming on the show today Dr. Chan. Great to be here this morning. Well, good to have you here and you mentioned I know you said I appreciate the fact that you say you've you've listened so now we get to have you as a guest. I'm I'm excited about that. Yes. Well let me uh, ask you just get started. I have a feeling that uh, quantum materials just sounds interesting to to start things off with when you tell people, particularly without a science background, that you're a quantum materials researcher, are there common questions that you get or common comments that you hear that you get to explain? Yes, indeed. Um, so as a chemist and a material scientist, you know, I was trained after I left Baylor. I went to University of California at Davis, and also I spent time at the National Institute of Science and Technology for my postdoc. I think about strategic materials designed to impact any area of technological relevance. So um, basically quantum materials um, are, have properties that cannot be described in terms of semi-classical physics. And what that means is that the sort of materials that we study um, have strong electronic correlations. In other words, electrons talk to each other um, that leads to superconductivity and magnetism or magnetic materials with electronic properties that are non-generic quantum effects. So for example, a topological insulator um, is a material whose interior behaves like an electrical insulator, while its surface behaves as an electrical conductor, meaning that electrons can only move along the surface of the material. Wow. So, so when you think about what you just described, where are some, what are some industries or where are some places that would have a really strong interest in something like that? Yeah. So the appeal of working in this area at any point in time is largely due to the complexity and the emergent properties of quantum materials. And so um, the sort of things we think about is imagine the more practical side of us would argue that quantum materials with exotic electronic materials are properties. You know, you can enable completely new applications that we have yet to discover. Um, so imagine engendering novel routes to magnetic field sensors, low power modules, for example, memory modules, high density storage devices, and quantum computers. So, but as a chemist, I think about things like, can we design a material where the concept of emergence is a common thread in the study of quantum materials? You mentioned as a chemist, it's interesting. I think we've had we've had some people on the program before who work in advanced materials, like Dr. David Jack in engineering. And I don't know if this is common or not, but I think I've tended to think of it as when you look in the the engineering side of things. But you're on the on the chemistry side. How, is that unique in, in in your discipline? Yes, I mean there are people who are doing this as chemists, but um, what's exciting is, and by definition, what a material science is, 
is that you have to figure out what are the materials, you know, you have to make the material in order to go to next steps um, to think about application. So synthesis, characterization, and also measuring your physical properties. And that's what we do as a material scientist. We are visiting with Dr. Julia Chan here on Baylor Connections. And Dr. Chan, let's, let's zoom out just a little bit. Mentioned at the top of the show, you're a Baylor grad. You returned to your alma mater after a very successful teaching career at LSU, at, at UT Dallas. Let, let's rewind a little bit to your experience as a, as a Baylor student, as an undergrad here. What, what, what stands out to you when you look back and think about your time here? Um, first of all, I'm truly honored to have returned to Baylor January of 2022. Um, my Baylor experience, I think, in fact, is critical to my success as a scientist. You know, the, the part, you know, the, the opportunity to be part of a research group as an undergraduate really helped me grow as a scientist and part of a research team. Um, I also enjoy the balance of my humanities and writing courses. And that is actually critical in undergrad, and my, but critical in my undergraduate research experience. Mm -hmm. um, and I played the violin in the Baylor Symphony as an undergraduate, and I'm still playing at my local church, playing an orchestra with a fun time. And really is an opportunity to learn and serve and connect and network. And that both of the skills that, that I think um, are exciting, are, are um, useful. You, you mentioned you play, played the violin and, and, and still do. I think it's easy to think of science and art as being on different sides of the brain, different sides of the aisle. Are they to you or how much overlap is there when you think about what, uh, what the violin brings to your life as well as science? Yes, so as I'm playing my instrument, I think about my science too. In fact, mm -hmm. I just taught a class um, in my inorganic chemistry class to so undergraduates and graduate students this semester, talking about the symmetry, the world around us, and music has a lot of symmetry, and so does chemistry. So it is an inspiration. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's great. So a musician, a, a scientist, and you're a researcher as a, a student as well, as you mentioned. Uh, with whom did you work in a research capacity when you were a student at Baylor? So I work with Professor Carlos Manzanares, and um, I believe he was relatively um, new to Baylor at that point, and it was a wonderful opportunity. And he took a risk too by taking um, someone who have not even had physical chemistry. That's great. So you got to work. You got to join him, kind of. Uh, yeah, very, uh, very green in terms of experience. What what sorts of things did you get to do in his lab? So I got to build a supercritical fluid cell. And actually, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Um, supercritical fluids is used for separation. Um, we did laser spectroscopy. Um, so imagine if you have a material that does not look like a solid, liquid, or gas, and it's a combination of the three. Wow. So, uh, so you were already working in some things that were very, I don't know if exotic is the right word, but uh, some, some things that were harder to quantify. And so that you know, got you on the path that you're on now. In terms of quantum materials, when did you first become interested? Where, where did that topic first grab a hold of you? So I worked in the field since the beginning of my academic career, and it's distinguishable from my um, PhD work. But um, And since quantum materials have evolved, and what's unique in our focus is on the scientific insights to discover materials today for materials of tomorrow. And so... We think about making profound discoveries that catalyze change in materials. So I talked about superconductivity a little earlier, but imagine displaying a beautiful quantum state, we can, which really can efficiently transform energy production, storage, transmission, and utilization. So making 
materials today for materials tomorrow. Business with Dr. Julia Chan. And so you're interested in that path from the beginning of your academic career. This is a broad question. We could talk about where it took you in your career or just in your scientific pursuits, but what, what, how would you describe the path that quantum materials have taken you on? Yeah, so we are always, we have always been as a chemist um, excited about, you know, how can we make new materials so we can understand new phenomena? Again, without synthesis, we can't do this. And but more importantly now is the synthetic insights. Um, so when I was an undergraduate, I was working on gas phase materials, but this is all solid state. And so, um, and I really think though, um, the combination of synthesis and working with material scientists, my whole academic career um, is critical, but also without the synthetic design, one can't really advance technological innovation. Um, so we sit around and think about, you know, what sort of materials should we make? Um, how do we go to the lab and design a new compound? And, um, and I, I really think quantum materials is really a mechanism for future areas of science. But first come the materials. Well, glad to have you doing that here at Baylor after many years at LSU and UT Dallas, two R1, uh, R1 institutions. You know, get, get another broad question, but uh, what was meaningful, you, meaningful to you about the opportunities you had at those two schools? Yeah, so um, I started my career, but I was able to do a lot of synthesis, and I was also able to help hire new faculty members um, in all areas, especially the chemistry, physics, and engineering. And so that's something that I hope to continue doing this. And again, it's um, that organization skills that is necessary. And uh, one fun tidbit, I was on Welcome Week steering committee when I was an undergrad. Oh, yeah? Yeah, that was fun times. And, you know, mm -hmm. it taught me how to, you know, Get a, be a part of a group and get organized and network. And those things are also part of my really academic journey. Well, and you, 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 we look at the areas in which you've been involved. I think it's clear that you have, you know, like science advances is, is one. How, how did you get involved with, you know, that's a very prestigious journal. How were you able to get involved with them? Yeah, so I was an editor for another material science journal um, for five or six years. And then I was tapped to be an editor in 2015 when Science Magazine created um, an open access a version uh, option for authors. Open access so that um, it was all digital so you can include more details. Um, Science Magazine has limited page numbers. And so it is useful to have an online venue to show scientific details. So we talk about that that role. What all does that entail? What all do you get to do with Science Advances? Yeah, so as deputy editor, um, I got promoted from associate editor um, to handle manager to deputy editor. Mm -hmm. So I work with a team of associate editors now and um, physicists and engineers that handle these manuscripts. So as deputy editor, I screen through the papers, then I assign it to the associate editors. Um, and I also handle the manuscripts myself and get them peer reviewed um, in the community. You know, Dr. Chen, you touched on this a moment ago, but I want to ask you more, more specifically, you know, you're a researcher, you're a scientist, and you know, I can tell you're just curious about things too, you know, interested in what's going on in your field. What, what, what is especially meaningful to you about this role and what it enables you? I, it sounds like you really kind of stay on the cutting edge in a lot of ways. Yeah, and it's important to think about, you know, really to be um, distinguishable uh, for Baylor and even my group, we think about what is the most impactful work. You know? So, you know, being an editor requires me to read a lot and I also um, get new ideas. And so um, 
as an editor, I get to evaluate forefront areas of science and, but then also to reach a broader audience, you know, I'm like a more specialized journal. And so, um, and actually that has in turn been fantastic as a training ground for my own graduate students. You know, how do we write and submit manuscripts that are more impactful and readable? So. That, that makes sense. So, so your students, as you get to work with them on this, they're able to benefit from that aspect of, of what you do. How, how in general would you describe what it means to you to, to be a mentor? Because I know you do it in any number of, of ways. Well, first of all, advancing U.S. global leadership in the technologies of the future is so important. And I think, you know, in new technologies, and if you think about from, you know, in, you know artificial intelligence, the biotechnology, the computing, it is equally important to have our students be competitive. And so I spend a lot of time working with my students to learn how to write manuscripts. And so they write the papers. So there are also good writers and science communication is also really important. That's great. So we visit with Dr. Julia Chan here on Baylor Connections. Dr. Chan serves as the inaugural holder of the Tim and Sherilyn Finn Family Endowed Chair in Material Science in Baylor's Department of Chemistry and Biochemistry. We mentioned you spent, Dr. Chan, 22 years at LSU and UT Dallas. While you were there, how, how much attention did you pay to what was going on back at Baylor? Was it something to were you able to stay connected at all? Or what did that look like? Yes, I really like it. And I do. Um, I do a lot. And I have to admit that Baylor does a really good job with alumni um, engagement. Um, by the way, I'm also a good football fan. And, mm -hmm. and I do also, most importantly, I do follow the research activities at Baylor. Yeah, but a little football's good too. You can do both. Yeah. <laughs> and basketball, of course. Yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So you were staying close to what was going on at, at, at Baylor. You know, you look at uh, Baylor in the mid '90s. Started talking about becoming more of a research university, and then in the early 2000s, things started moving that direction. Was was that a conversation that you paid attention to? Or I mean, I know you you were pretty busy where you were doing the research you were doing. Mm -hmm. Yes, I was paying attention. And what's exciting is that you know, coming from chemistry, um, the department has been doing a lot of research for many many years. And in fact, this past summer, I got to visit with. Um, a former provost, John Ballou, and who just recently turned 102. And he was wow. telling me, but he did, you know, at Baylor, his um, his research. And he was doing science at the forefront back then. And it was such a wonderful time. And so it's been around for a while um, as mm -hmm. in the chemistry department and one of the larger um, PhD um, oh, students, number of PhD students in the department on campus. So it is exciting to be part of that. Um, growth plan. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, what did Baylor's efforts to grow, you know, across the university, what what did that say to you? And did that play any role in you ever wanting to come back here? Absolutely. And I just really think that part of it is a commitment to encourage and thinking about next steps. You know, vision plan um, is exciting, but that is at all levels, you know, from the department level, all the way to the provost to upper administration. And that is an exciting time. You know, did illuminate and the alignment. Was that something, you know, when you thought about coming back here, was that something you you, you studied? Absolutely, especially with the material science, right? Because mm -hmm. we don't have that option now, but um, now there are people across campus with materials research interests. And I think we could, you know, determine, you know, what are the forefront areas and how are we supposed to be um, significant or distinguishable? Um, with all the materials programs across the country. 
You know, that's an area that we've we've had some great researchers. We're focused on on growing. You know, maybe it's obvious, but let me just ask you uh, from your standpoint. You know, you look at all the areas Baylor could invest in. They've really elevated this as an important one. Why, why is that? Well, I think part of it is, you know, we do have an opportunity to reach out to our students. We're alumni 35. There are wonderful universities in the surrounding region. And so, um, can you know, as someone who's been an academic for 22 years, I'm thinking about how can we and how can I as a Baylor alumnus um, help build that process? And that is exciting. And thinking about mm -hmm. not just people, but also the scientific areas. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you, you talk about the scientific areas. It's uh, it's chemistry and biochemistry. There's material scientists in physics. There's material scientists in the School of Engineering and Computer Science. How, how does all of that come together? Because again, it's not just one person, obviously, and it's not just one one division. Right. So it comes back to the definition of material science. Um, I've been asked that quite a bit um, mm -hmm. lately, but you know, material science is more than just synthesis or more than just doing some measurement, but it's the collective um, sum of some of the um, synthesis and characterization and property measurements. And then in order for that, you know, in order for device physics to happen or in order for us to make a device, it is important to have all of the three components. Visiting with Dr. Julia Chan and Dr. Chan, you know your title, the Tim and Sherilyn Finn Family Endowed Chair in Material Science. Baylor family has invested in creating these new endowed chair positions and, you know, a lot of uh, it's exciting to see these recruits coming in like like you and, and and others. But I'm curious for you, how would you describe what's appealing about the role as a chair and what opportunities that that provides you to, to, to grow material science? Yes, well, first of all, I appreciate Baylor to honor in perpetuity to do the Fenn family. And I have met the Fenn family and they're fantastic people. Um, the endowed chair really provides the opportunity for me to develop new ideas and enhance my research activities. Um, we can do high risk, high impact research and so that we could pursue new and external funding. Um, so the funds have, will, will also provide my students to spend time working with collaborators externally. We do a lot of traveling at national labs. And, um, and then with the recent uh, Chips and Science Act, you know, science and technology and engineering, math education, STEM education, and workforce development activities are critical to developing the skill set. Um, so as a chair, I'm able to maybe think about, you know, ways to use the funds wisely to train students. You know, and you mentioned, uh, you know, the Finn family, you've got, got to meet them. I thought it was interesting. I read, and you know more about this than I do, obviously, they don't even, they weren't even, don't have a material science background, but it sounded like what, they just saw a university need and wanted to meet it? Exactly. But in fact, they've been doing material science for a while. Um, oh, really? Yes. They have a home that is LEED certified and, and we talked about energy and that's something that is exciting for even, you know, the general public. And that's what, what a, what a great opportunity to express that. Absolutely. Absolutely. We know as you talk about that endowed chair role and, you know, leadership in your area, how does that role enable you to work with with other faculty as well, you know, your students are one part, but then it seems like there's kind of cross-disciplinary opportunities on campus that these chairs facilitate, if that's the right way to put it. Absolutely, and um, having the background in the scientific background in materials research has really helped me through this role. And I really think as a chair, I also am able to say, you know, this is a fantastic opportunity. Um, 
to really um, communicate um, our thoughts. And we have um, several um, endowed chairs. We meet regularly to talk about the future of materials research. Visiting with Dr. Julia Chan. And Dr. Chan, this is a, another broad question, but looking ahead, where do you see Baylor's material science efforts growing? What are some things you're excited about as you look towards the future? Like I said earlier, we have to be unique to be competitive and distinguishable. But what is important to me is hiring faculty members who can think more broadly about next steps. So we can't be incremental or just simply filling the hole. Um, we have to be competitive. We have to hire people who understand what material synthesis is, characterization. It's, like, it's really the skill set because science changes, right? And the idea is that, you know, by the collective nature of this effort, we will eventually lead to um, devices and maybe even uh, materials prediction. And that's what by design, what material science is. Well, Dr. Chan, I appreciate your visit. And I'm curious uh, if you would go back, if you could look back 10 years ago, did you ever imagine yourself coming back to Baylor to teach? Or has that been a, a pleasant surprise at this point in your career? It was a pleasant surprise and a wonderful um, time in my academic um, career. Um, and as a more established scientist, I could think more broadly about what I, how I can contribute to the Baylor's mission. Um, and again, I really care about training students too. And, you know, and, and really, you know, making us competitive and not just hiring people, but making in diverse areas of material science. How about training diverse students with broad skill sets, um, including science communication? And that is critical for our economic development and scientific competitiveness. And if I could play a role in that, I would be a really happy human being. Absolutely. Well, that'll be exciting to see that uh, that that growth as it takes place, and that the the communication side makes sense too, because you know, you're involved in that regularly with uh, with, with science advantage. So that's got to be a real competitive edge for your students, uh, for sure, if they can do that. Well, 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 Dr. Chen, thank you so much for your time. We're glad to have you back here at Baylor, and it's great to have you as a guest on the program today. Well, thank you so much for the opportunity for me to share my thoughts today. Absolutely. Well, Dr. Julia Chan, the inaugural holder of the Tim and Cheryl Lynn Finn Family Endowed Chair in Material Science, our guest today at, on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. A reminder, you can hear this and other programs online, baylor.edu slash connections, and you can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.